welcome to the Trash Trio is reading. But first, let's read with Dilch. Welcome to the Trash Trio is reading. Right, there's been a slight change. Before it was called Read with Dilch, but because my husband Ram and my friend Lynn always joins in in this podcast, we decided to change it because. It's weird to have the podcast called Word with Doge, but it's just basically all three of us shouting at each other, talking about books and whatnot. So that's what this podcast is going to be from now on. The Trash Trio is reading, although technically we're not reading, we're talking, and like I said, we're shouting to each other. Either way, welcome to this podcast. And before, as usual, before we get into the conversation between the Trash Trio, I would like to do a book review. But before that, let me tell you, this is literally the first podcast episode that I recorded in Jakarta after being away for three years. Yes, you heard that right. I am now back safe and sound in Jakarta, Indonesia, after a grueling 36 hours flight all the way from Bogota, Colombia. Okay, here's the, here's the gist of what happened. First... I flew from Bogota, and then I had a about one and a half hour stopover in Cartagena, at which point, suddenly, I am hit with this melancholy thought that, you know what, this is it. This is probably the last time I will ever see Colombian sky. I probably would never have any chance to ever go back to Latin America, or Colombia for that matter. So yeah, I was a bit sad, in a way. Afterwards, I had a restless nine-hour-ish flight from Cartagena to Amsterdam. Then, I had a layover for about 10 hours in Amsterdam, at which point, I spent it asleep, obviously after I took a shower, in this really tiny, 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 and I mean super tiny hotel, hotel room inside the airport. Afterwards, then I board my next flight to Bangkok. Oh, yeah. You heard that right. I had to have the last stop over in Bangkok for about two hour ish, at, at which point those traveling to Jakarta are not allowed to disembark the plane. So we were just sitting around whilst the ground crew clean and disinfect the whole entire plane. And then finally, I arrived in Jakarta. I know this sounds like I'm like I'm complaining, but I'm not because I literally am just glad to be back home despite the strange times we are in although to be completely honest now that i've been in jakarta for five days probably i've been reflecting on whether or not going back home is such a good idea i mean it's not like i have other choices but you know to go home but still i am questioning myself about that anyway let's do a book review I am today, <clears throat> this episode, I mean, I am doing a book review of Bad Blood, Secret and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup by John Carreyrou. What's it about? In 2014, Theranos founder and CEO Elizabeth Holmes was widely seen as the female Steve Jobs, a brilliant Stanford dropout whose startup Unicorn promised to revolutionize the medical industry with a machine that would make blood tests significantly faster and easier. 
backed by investors such as Larry Ellison and Tim Draper, Theranos sold shares in a fundraising round that valued the company at $9 billion, putting Holmes's worth at an estimated $4.7 billion. There was just one problem. The technology didn't work. For years, Holmes had been misleading investors, FDA officials, and her own employees. When Carrie Rue, working at the Wall Street Journal, got a tip from a former Theranos employee and started asking questions, both Carrie Rue and the Journal were threatened with lawsuits. Undaunted, the newspaper ran the first of dozens of Theranos articles in late 2015. By early 2017, the company's value was zero, and Holmes faced potential legal action from the government and her investors. Here is the riveting story of the biggest corporate fraud since Enron, a disturbing cautionary tale set amid the bold promises and gold rush frenzy of Silicon Valley. But what do I think? So a friend of mine who recommended Sapiens recommends this book to me, so I trust her for it. Besides, a lot of people within my circle of friends have also read this book and came with glowing response. So I thought, why ever not? I also have followed and enjoyed the ABC's podcast called The Dropout, which I totally recommend for you to listen to. This podcast, The Dropout, it covers the case of Elizabeth Holmes. That being said, I'm curious as to how the experience of following this case through reading after enjoying it through audio. Guess what? Reading this book is so much like listening to the podcast. It is both fun, entertaining, and gripping, and I genuinely having a hard time putting this book down. Just like when I was listening to the podcast, I really can't wait for the next episode to come out. On that note, seriously, give the podcast a listen. Most of the topics covered in the book were the same things that were covered in the podcast. So having listened to the podcast, I came reading this book feeling like there weren't things that I did not know, but the writing of the author kept me hooked to the book as it was very enjoyable. Point of example was when the author covered the story of Ian Gibbons. It was so heartbreaking and I was so emotion emotionally distraught reading it. I mean, listening to that particular part of the podcast is a guaranteed anger and reading it fills me with the same emotions. Amazing writing and definitely the point where I realized that both Elizabeth and Sonny are the devils incarnate. The interesting part about the book is the fact that for about 60%, 67% of the book, the narration goes around relaying the event on the story to the reader um, as if it was, as if like you're watching a documentary. But as you get into chapter 19, the narration turned into a first person narrative, at which point the reader can tell that the story is getting very personal and it picks up speed significantly. This is the point where I felt like I'm on the edge of my seat and I couldn't help feeling nervous and curious as to how this book will end. If this book were to be turned into a movie, I think this is the point where the movie reached its climactic point. Overall, this is such an engaging book. Not only the case of Elizabeth Holmes is such an interesting case to be followed, but the topic of startup and the somewhat glorification of the industry is also worth covering. I think it's interesting to read this book and came out reading it with the feeling that one has to ever be so vigilant, especially with things that are obviously too good to be true. I mean, I'm no scientist, but even I was rolling my eyes every time people were so hyped about the technology that Theranos is developing. But then again, I'm reading all about it with the power of hindsight. So it's easy for me to judge those who are fooled.
right? Anyway, that's it. That's Bad Blood, Secret and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup by John Carreyrou. It's a guaranteed five stars out of five from yours truly. After this, take a listen to The Trash Trio is Reading. I don't know who I should ask this question to. This is too interesting. Ooh. Um, it better not be difficult, bro. It's not, it's not difficult. I, I, I totally know that for you, it would, never, it would not be difficult. But I also wanted to know what Ram's answer would be. Ah. So, okay. Um, you know what? You, sh- you, you both should answer this. And then later on, we'll decide who, who takes the turn. Would that be okay? Um, okay, sure. Okay, so the question is: Are there any books that are really popular that you dislike? Dislike? Yeah, that you dislike. Popular books that you dislike. Popular books that I dislike. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah, a lot. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah, lot. it does. Like at least one of them. Well, I don't. Well. My the popular books that I come up to my mind is for a fiction book is like probably like the uh, movie uh, novel that is raised to a movie kind of franchise like Harry Potter yeah. or maybe Narnia or maybe a lot of the Narnia Rings. is good. Don't you <laughs> no, no. dare shit on my <laughs> Narnia, you uh, fucking no, I mean like, prick. <laughs> no, I mean like the concept of what was it? Famous famous books and um, popular also, books. Popular yeah. books. So popular is those kind of books, right? Like mainstream, also the, maybe? Mainstream, yes. Mainstream, mm-hmm. where a lot of people read it and it gets a lot of uh, reportage on the news. And then there's also like nonfiction books, right? Which is the books that like textbook that we read in school, like for example, Why Nations Fail. Oh, or, God. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Kind of oh, you just yeah, you know those kind of books, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know those kind of books, right? Uh-huh. So, so I actually find that those books are actually not that good. Like, excluding <laughs> Narnia, because I, I haven't read them. Oh, you should. I read like, I read like uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Like the uh-huh. original manuscript. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Like, the fuck yeah. is this talking about, man? Like, it's like so. Like, mm-hmm. I know it was made like prior to World War Two or something, but like, I couldn't really grasp the imagination it was dragging it was long and there wasn't actually anything interesting about it the build-up was just too long for me mm. and then also like non-fiction books like, like again why nations fail and then and like i read it right and i was expecting oh i should be a really like compelling book opening my eyes to inequality <laughs> and stuff but then and then i read it like dude it's just like an essay of comparisons and like it's like reading it a set of statistics and something. There's nothing interesting about this. Like, I, maybe for scholars, yeah, but like for a, a Sunday maybe read. Maybe like us. <laughs> yeah, no, Sunday no. read, coffee read. No, that's not. No, yeah, you don't read those for fun. Christ, no. And then, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, the, the D uh, series, you know? Oh. Like, what, what was it called? Um, Supernova? Supernova kind of thing. It's like romanticizing something that I don't get. Like, what's the deal about? Like, what are you talking about? 
Um, I know it's supposed to be captivating, but I I try to trace back the mm. the storyline about it. I don't really remember anything about it. So right. maybe it's my mind failing me, or maybe it's just because it was just not memorable enough. But mm, compare mm. it to books like even Stenciland books, you know, like <laughs> Stenciland books. Like, I have to go there again. Like, again. <laughs> Stenciland books are like the 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 opposite end of the spectrum, right? Like these are sophisticated books. Stenciland books are just like that. But Stenciland books, you actually kind of remember the stories because it's just so absurd that you remember. And then there's also like basic pocket books or penguin uh, soft cover books that you read. Like for example, the one that I'm reading now, it's the Into the Wild, The Call of the Wild, and it's interesting because it's just very succinct. You've Guess been the reading that book, and I'm using air quote when I say it, reading. You've been reading that book since like months ago. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the progress is really slow because of so many things I have to read in a week. But uh, in this goes to show that not the brand or the animosity, the, the popularity of the book doesn't actually guarantee that it's a good quality book, you know, in terms of it being memorable or it being having a deep impression on you it doesn't always actually feel like that except probably for harry potter and mm. maybe the murakami books but murakami books are uh, not really famous in a way right i mean murakami well, books are famous. famous among hipsters i'm using air quotes here That's yeah right. yeah i mean i have to agree especially yeah. here in jakarta yeah mm-hmm. yeah especially in- so yeah, popular books doesn't actually necessarily mean it's a good quality book, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What was the question, Lynn? It was, are there any books that are really popular, but you dislike? So, yes, yes, I for me, yeah. yes. I, I, I mean, like, I was going to go with, like, super easy ones, but mm-hmm. that would be just, like, repeating everything we've done. You know, like... <laughs> What I'm, what am I gonna say? Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I am not gonna go down the rabbit hole and talk about that. So I'm gonna give you a different answer. Uh-huh. Yeah, this book is pretty popular. A couple of years back, I've seen a lot of my friends um, post it on their Instagram and stuff, and it became somewhat to the level of posting that you're reading *Sapiens*. But right. I'm not gonna bitch on Sapiens because I do enjoy the book. It was, uh-huh. it was, it was, it was a very easy to digest kind of book, especially if you don't mm-hmm. have the time in the world to read all about history. You can just pick up Sapiens and read about it there, you know. Yeah. But this book that I w- that I'm going to tell you is sort of like the standard Jakartans youth, no, like young adult Jakartans. Like if you're in your late 20s mid 20s or early 30s kind of thing you're you're working in an office you have to read this book or at least you have to post it on your social media you know to to show people like um, oh yeah i'm down with the kids oh, I, I read I think, this book is it is it what is can it? we can we guess sure sure please is it is it the yes thank oh you my god. <laughs> oh my god we thought the same thing yeah oh it was we so, despised the same yeah. thing about society. <laughs> it was so massively popular a couple of years back, right? It I don't was. know if you, I don't know if you guys read it, 
but no. I read it, right? I didn't. You did? Okay. Wow, awesome. On my defense, wow. listen, listen, listen. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you know that kid that was that went viral? Linda, Linda. Yes, Linda. yes. <laughs> every time, every time I have to say, listen, listen, I feel like I'm channeling that kid, like Linda, Linda. <laughs> anyway, okay, back to the story. Yeah. So my on my defense, I didn't read the book because everyone was reading it. That's not how I wrote, yeah. bro. You know that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I found the title very cheeky, and I like cheeky titles, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, don't, don't, don't say it like that, bro. So <laughs> just don't. <laughs> okay. So I was like, okay. okay, I'm gonna give this book a fucking try. So I read it. And it was like, what is this? You are making people pay money to read this filth? This shit? Like, I get it. You're trying to say, like, don't give a fuck with your problem. Take a chill pill. Don't stress. It's literally like, it's literally don't sweat the small stuff kind of thing. You know Uh those those books that 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 was back when we were in junior high school? It's literally yeah, that, that, but yeah, 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 it's literally. Oh yeah, yeah. The message is literally that, but you're trying to like down with the kids with like fuck word mm-hmm. and stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. this is bullshit, bro. And the thing is, I get it. You can't have the same opinion with everyone, right? Of course, you can like some books mm-hmm. and you can not like some books. For instance, people enjoy Twilight. I don't enjoy Twilight. People enjoy uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't understand the hype. It's not even sexy. And I read lots of racy novels and stuff. I <laughs> I get off by reading racy stuff. But Fifty Shades of Grey is like, it doesn't make me wet. So it's fine. I don't expect people to hate the subtle art of not giving a fuck the way I yeah. hate the book, right? But my problem with this particular book is that it is so massively famous within my group of friends, at least. I cannot speak for other people. I also cannot speak, actually, for my circle of friends. But at least I can observe my circle of friends, right? It is massively popular within my circle of friends, which means that it is massively popular within people of my age, right? Yeah. And the thing is, every time they gave high praises for this book, they always say the same things to the point that I was like, do you guys really read this book? Or you guys were just reading the same review and now you're just like (laughs) saying these reviews that you read as opposed to giving reviews for the book that you read. You know, they're like, oh, this is very inspiring, blah, blah, blah. This is not inspiring. This is literally... Mm -hmm. If you go to your friends and you bitch about your problem to your friend and your friends are like, yeah. oh, take a chill pill, bro. Don't worry. Let's have a pint of beer. Let's smoke a joint or like take some shrooms. This is literally that. The book is literally yeah. that. It is not groundbreaking. It is not like mm-hmm. mind-blowingly amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not like by the time you finish the book, you're like, oh my God, how did I not know this? It's not that. This is literally... Going to your friends and your friends don't have the time of day to listen to you, bitch. And they're just like, oh, grab a pint of beer, bro. That's just it. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be biased, but like, I get it. Some people also hate on sapiens for the same reason that I'm hating on the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Because a lot of people Mm. who actually picked up and gave good reviews of sapiens 
it's it's just because of the trend. But I genuinely, when I read Sapiens, there are some parts in the book that I that that to me felt like, oh wow, I did not know this. Maybe mm. it's common knowledge for people who 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 reads a lot about those topics, but for me, it's not. You know, so I can understand why some people who who don't read for fun suddenly picked up Sapiens and feel like, oh, this is so much fun reading this because that's how I felt, and I read book for fun. But the subtle art of mm. not giving a fuck was like so fucking shitty. It's like, okay, how mm. is this book so popular? Like, I get right. it why Twilight is popular because people crave those kind of stalkerish romance kind of thing to some extent. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. you do you, bro. That's your fetish. I get why Fifty Shades of Grey is famous because that's like mild porn for old ladies, probably. Suburban moms. Yeah, it's okay. You do you with your fetish. But subtle art of not giving a fuck is not even fiction, right? It's a self-help book that is so fucking boring. And maybe, maybe Mm. I'm bitching a lot about this book. It's because I don't like self-help book. But I've read read several other self-help books that actually is quite interesting, you know? But this subtle art of not giving a fuck, oh, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, I must say the title is really, really eye catching. I think the thing, is. Is, and then the cover is also with with the, the orange, cover. yeah, with the orange yeah. color, orange. and then the very yeah. thick black uh, font. It's it's very interesting. So I, that's why I, I I was drawn to 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 reading the book. Yeah. But God yeah. fucking damn it, bro! Yeah. That shit should yeah. not have been popular. Sorry. The thing is like. For me, I think the first time I saw it in a bookstore, I was like, okay, 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 this is new because, you know, sometimes self-help books goes on, like, bringing the positive vibes. Yes, I hate know? that. And, and I was like, now this book was just like, yes, just don't give a fuck. And I was like, okay, okay, I think this, this could work because I also don't really like self-help books. You know yeah. what else is I mean? I, I, I really, and then, I, I agree with your yeah. sentiment a lot. I, I saw the book and right? I was like, Oh, this is it. Maybe this will be the first self-help book that I finally mm. going to like because it's not going to throw exactly. some fake ass positivity shit on me because it's going to just yeah. like fuck it around. But when you read it, I mean, once yeah. you pass the foreword, once you pass that, it's just mm. the same self-help book formula. Sorry. I see. Okay. Okay. This Thank is a God marketing scam. It. Yep. Yeah, marketing scam. That's it. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think it's like yeah. yeah. No, I was just about to say. I think I agree with also one point that Ram mentioned early on about how sometimes at one point when a book or basically anything like a movie or a, or a song, for example, gets really popular, gets too hyped up, there is always like this thing uh, in us when we haven't really got into the hype, where we were like so skeptical about it that we ended up just don't want to do anything about it right so mm. i think it reaches that point for me so i mean even though you know that initial assessment i had in the bookstore it actually caught my attention but I, at the time i was like yeah maybe maybe i'll i'll give it a try later because again mm. there's this hesitance about i don't really like self-help books i don't really feel like it's something that i actually need to jump on uh, maybe later kind of thing but then as the hype builds up there's also like this other curve in me 
and my excitement going down in a sense. Like I, I, I get skeptical whenever people praise the book, and then I was mm-hmm. like, is it really that good? And I started to question like the subtle art of not giving a fuck. So I've already don't, I already don't give a fuck. So why is it so interesting? You know. So it goes downhill from that initial yep. excitement to that point of like me being just apathetic towards it, and that's the reason why I just don't read it mm-hmm. yet. And, uh, yeah. yeah. The more people talk about it, the less interesting yes. it becomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Isn't it weird that, that that actually happens? You know, because again, I think there's a term for it though. Yeah. I think there's Is like it? a yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. uh, they were they were talking about it like a couple of weeks ago on this hoax theory that. Oh. If something is discussed a lot, and then there's the tendency to people to actually be skeptical about it. I don't know what it's called. It's actually a thing, yeah. apparently. Mm. Yeah. It's like me wanting to, you know, every time I go to like Kinokuni or something, and then I see, you know, Main Kampf? Mm-hmm. Main Kampf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Main Kampf, yeah. Yeah, me, back in college, me and the guys who were like, like left-wing enthusiasts, like we always saw that, oh, this is, main camp has, is something that we must read, you know, or mm. because we need to understand the right-wing position of things and stuff like that. <laughs> no, you, then, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know why I hang out with those people, but those guys, um, yeah, I mean, they actually read the Indonesian version of it, which to me just is complete other things that don't make sense because it's a, it's a translation of an English document that was translated from German, right? So you mm-hmm. can understand how the Indonesian translation of English books are just sometimes borderline absurd. And yeah. but they said that they understood a lot. Oh, this is really no, hard. they're so lying. Really they lying, bro. Yeah, they yeah, lying know, right? to you. <laughs> so I read the like, like just the the uh, the initial pages of it in Kinokuni. I'm like, yeah. I don't even understand the thing about this, man. How can they understand? Like. <laughs> It's nice though. It's black, solid black, main comp. It's like, wow, it's just really, I don't know, satanic or something. I don't know. But you read it, but you don't really understand a thing about it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Gimmicks. That's what they are. Gimmicks. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So, um, who's, oh, before we we move on to the next question. I just want to say this again, and I'm saying this with a lot of love, because I love you, Ram. I mean, we've been together for a decade, but don't you dare shit on my Narnia. The book was good. <laughs> the movie adaptation was good. The yeah. child, the child actor were good. Oh, yes. Don't you yeah. dare shit on my Narnia, you prick. Yeah. Now we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> a rain check on that one. So yeah, maybe yeah. I'll revisit it again to see Bitch. how good it is. You have to read the book. Yeah, and then watch the movie. Yes. You can't you can't be okay. shitting on my parade if you haven't can I just watch the movie first though. No, you like, can't can get... no, 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 you no, can't no, no. because because the thing is why not? Because the thing is, the book is good, but to some extent I have to admit it, and this might sound controversial. Huh? Um the Voyage of Dawn Treader, the yes. bo- the movie adaptation, and then the book in itself the me. Yeah, the movie did it more justice than the book. Uh huh. Which is uh-huh. one of those very rare thing where yeah, exactly. the movie was actually better than the book. You know. So even more so, right? So I gotta watch. The movie no, first, right? but you will not understand mm-hmm. that if you haven't read the 
book. You have to read the book. You have to get yourself, mm. you know, you, you, you have to assimilate yourself with the world of Narnia, with the logic of Narnia, with the mm. characters, you know. Then yeah, you can okay. see why we both think, and this is not mm. just me, this is also Lynn, why we both think that the child actors were doing these That's characters great. so much justice when they ad- ad- adapt the book to the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So anyway, we had we had a proper night session just talking yes. about this on a on on a, on a soul summer night with this weird ass fancy drink that we found where yeah. when you open the lid something fell off and then the drink just turned into a different color. That was so yeah. weird ass futuristic shit. <laughs> So okay. yeah, that's great. I would anyway, love, right I would love to um to bring you into the Narnia world, but I will wait mm. until you return to Indonesia. I we both will guide you through the book. We, what? you know what? I have an idea. Once Ram is back in Jakarta, let's do a uh a book club reading of the Narnia. What do you guys let's think? Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, Yay. so we'll, okay. we'll set up a schedule of, of reading each book, and then we'll discuss yeah. it. How 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 does everyone so, think? I think that's a good idea because I would love okay. to read Narnia. And by the way, once you finish, what, the so series, we're gonna recite it or something? No, we're not reciting it. We're not a cult. <laughs> Damn it! No, we'll we'll read it in our own private time but we'll have a schedule like this week we'll read five chapters and then we'll have a discussion of the chapters that we you know just like regular book club have you never yeah, been in a book club virtually. before i'm sorry never of course because you're too fancy anyway by the time you finish the whole entire series you will have to choose your favorite book which by the way both lynn and yeah. i we have our favorite book what was yours oh, yes. favorite books of narnia mine yeah in the I series think... The one with puddle gum with it. I think it was the, oh, the silver chair. Yes. Silver chair silver was chair. so good. I was so sad it, it did so not get adapted because I I can bet my ass it was going to be a great movie if it got adopted. My favorite yeah. is The Horse and His Boy. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I think I'm gonna just download it on my Amazon. Like yeah, but you can't you can't read it now unless we've decided Why to not? okay, we'll read it together. But I'm currently reading right. the Romanovs. I I also oh. still reading. No, I gotta, ca- I gotta catch up to you guys, right? No, but the thing is, like we you have, guys, you guys we have, have to refresh. All of it, right? No, we have to refresh I our memory refreshed. again. Yeah. Okay, how about this? Dude, we'll start it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take forever anyway to read. No, no, book, that's so. why I said. <laughs> listen, listen, Linda, Linda, listen. <laughs> Let's Look, do there's this thing. Look, there's an offer on Amazon. It's like $17 okay, listen, for all the seven books. Listen, well, Linda, yeah. you can buy it, but you'll be reading mm-hmm. it by January of next year. I'm very anal what? about this. This is my anxiety taking control, and I want Why to do it. keep on going anal about things? I don't anyway. know. Not anal like anus. You know, the other word. It has different meaning, bro. Absolutely don't know. Yeah. Anyway. You, what you do? Okay. Let me educate you. Well, Look, it says nice size, nice fun. Uh, too small. Oh, there's actually a physical copy of it. Oh, listen, okay. listen. 
All right. So I'm just gonna download it and read it in January, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, okay. let's let's. Okay. Who's Fine. who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Okay. Um, uh, either one of us, right? It's either one yeah. of you guys. Yeah. Mm, who? See, oh, listen to this. It means um, of relating to, characterized by, or being personality traits. Often used in non-technical contexts to describe someone as extremely or excessively neat, careful, or precise. I'm not neat, but I'm very precise. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who's who's doing it? Me. Go go go. Okay. 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 Let me. <clears throat> I got this. Sorry, guys. I got this hmm? lunch invitation. I know. If it's... So I'll probably hang around till about half an hour. Okay. Maybe okay. This question should be for it. Okay. Uh, well, it depends. Like what, whichever it is for. Yeah. I feel like I should ask this to Ram because he only have like yeah. half an hour. But I think I know what his answers would be. So I'm just gonna ask this to Lynn. Okay. Okay. What deceased author would you have liked to meet, and why? I think we oh no! We never had this. We have the one that that's still alive, and you answered how to keep it alive. Ah yes. Okay. East author. Yep. I mean, well, Alfred Hitchcock then, I guess, because really, you know, I was. I didn't expect you were going to say that. Surprised. I don't know. Like, I, I probably there's like a few in my mind. Like, oh wait, uh, wait a second. Is Agatha Christie is, is has already passed away as well, right? I think so. That was like years ago, probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I think I think I don't know why my mind directly goes to like Alfred Hitchcock. Maybe it's also because again, one of the first books that gets me into reading, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like proper novels with like text basically was was the three the, the three investigators trio detective so it was mm, probably mm-hmm, i just mm-hmm. it, it would be nice to actually be able to meet him and talk about the book like um also but also like agatha christie would definitely be nice because i would definitely like to hear from her how she got inspired to write like really detective really novels detective fiction um who else I really can cannot recall anyone at the moment. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because basically for me, I think for me, I think um, when it comes to like books that I enjoy, uh, and it ha- it just so happens that the author has uh, passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. When I discovered the book and found it enjoyable, I would definitely like to kind of like have I don't know like have coffee or have tea basically and have like this conversation about how it came about to write that book so that that would always be nice in my mind okay um, yes okay. yeah it's, it's so uninspiring I guess no, it's not like the answer. I don't I don't even have an answer to that I've never really thought about it if it's yeah. if it's a disease yeah it's also well Ursula Le Guin would also be interesting yeah. if I just started that uh, series and the thing is with Ursula is that I read like her what is that there's a foreword but then there's also like this comment you did, that you do in the end of the book sometimes mm-hmm. you know? 
So I, I uh, they, uh, they, uh, that? the book has it. And then I, I usually for me, whenever I read books, I don't really care about like this stuff. I would just add on to like the, you know, wow. the main chapters basically. Mm-hmm. But then I read like her commentary uh, at the end of like the first book. And I can't help but feel like she's a really, really interesting person. Like I, I wanted to know more about her as well. Um, I didn't have my um, ebook here with me, but I actually did kind of like, um, okay, I bookmarked something basically uh, on like so the statements that she said. I think it was something about like how she doesn't really want to write books about war uh, and stuff. So there's like a whole philosophy that she held on to when she was like, writing the, the Earth Sea books. And I think that was like super interesting. So yeah, I think an afternoon tea with her would be nice. Nice, nice. nice. Yeah. Tea with Gorengan. And, oh yeah, dude. Gorengan, always the best. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer. Okay, so, interesting. I I don't know what to answer if that were. For me, but maybe I would say Shakespeare. Wow. Okay. Not because I've Fancy. enjoyed his work. <laughs> Listen, Linda. It's not because I enjoyed his work. Because like you I've just never... have to strike it up up there, man. Like, <laughs> wow, okay. No, because I've no, I chose Shakespeare not because I've read his work. Do you or... understand his work? No, because I don't. No, understand. no, but I understand <laughs> that Shakespeare was actually pretty well known in coming up with. Um, like cuss words and like um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just subtle miss... cuss words. Yeah, right. yeah. So I would love to have a talk with him and like, can you craft me an incredible put down words for people? <laughs> I would love that. So yeah, not because I've read his works or I enjoyed any of his works. God damn it, I don't have the time in the world to read <laughs> Hamlet or whatever. I don't know. So yeah. Mm. So before you go, your turn. Give give either one of us a question. Uh, wait. Well, actually, I was gonna comment on uh, the author. You probably Who? know that the author, this thing, uh, this uh, author that passed away, that I would probably want to meet, right? Yeah. The question was right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, at the top of my mind, I would say probably you guys have guessed I would want to meet Bram. Yes, yeah. I know that. That's why I didn't ask yeah. you the question. Yeah. It'd be like, but are we going to go do this again? <laughs> <laughs> but there's also this guy. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, Chinua Atebe. Oh, yes. What, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Things fall Chin- apart, was it? Yeah, Chinua Atebe. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. It's, a, it's a Nigerian author. Mm. Uh, the, I mean, when I was in Nigeria, everybody was talking about him, like Chinua Atebe, Chinua Atebe. But the mm. thing is, in Nigeria, it's so hard to find good quality books. And even if you could find, it was like a really, sometimes in marketplaces and sometimes like that. Mm-hmm. But I managed to find a copy of Things Fall Apart and No Longer at Ease from mm-hmm. Chinua Achebe. Yes. And it, it's, a, it's a trilogy, right? Yeah, yeah. There's also, yeah. there was one more I forgot. Arrow, um, of, Arrow of God. Arrow of God, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, think I, I actually I... have that copy if you'd like. I mean... Oh, you do? Wow, yeah. in Indonesia? Wow. Uh, you know, thanks to Big Bad Wolf. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. But anyway, like, I would imagine if I met Chinua Achebe, he would be a fantastic storyteller. 
because mm-hmm. Nigerians, as they are, they are all great storytellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the thing in West Africa is that the oral tradition is really strong. So that whenever yes. they tell you stories, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm watching some kind of like television show. Like they just have to talk to me oh, and yeah. I can visualize things. So if mm-hmm. I sit with Chinua Achebe, I'll just let him talk. You know, I'm just going to get myself a Goreyan or something. And for the fancy one, I went with Shakespeare, not for fancy ass reason. That's just because I like curse <laughs> words. And this guy, he just had to went there. What? <laughs> I just want him to tell me stories. Like I want him to complain <laughs> about the, the, the government, for example, or something like that. So I think it would be interesting. I think I would be mesmerized mm. by the way he talks. Maybe he has some kind of like a, a really low Morgan Freeman kind of voice. I don't know. I'm just yeah. imagining. So yeah, it would be cool, I think. Cool. Yo, yeah. uh, when, you, when you said uh, about Tino Achebe, I remember distinctly reading uh, Things Fall Apart and I really like how they interweave like some of the folklores there too. So mm-hmm. good. Very really mm-hmm. good. Take both and, folklore. Yeah. Now oh, I feel like also, I should read it. You should read also, it, yeah. Dude, like have you ever, uh, have you heard about like this Book. It's also like a detective. Det- sorry, detective. What was what was the title? Things. What was it that you said? Things oh, fall apart. No, yeah, no, no. Things fall apart. Before, after that, you were saying something, but I think there was like a glitch in the recording. I couldn't hear it. Arrow of God. Oh, probably no at ease. Anyway, go on. Anyways, yeah. So other than like uh, Chino Achebe uh, and uh, in Things Fall Apart, I also was recommended by a friend of mine. Who was Botswanan uh, to read like this? I just really wanted something light at the at the time, and so he's like, "I I used to read like this uh, book. Uh, it's a detective fiction. I think it's for like kids or like middle grade students, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Number One Ladies Detective Agency. That one is also really fun. The it's Number One Ladies Detective Agency. Okay. okay. Oh. Um, so it follows the story of. Ma Ramotswe, she's like, uh, she's like a sassy lady, basically, and she's like, um, yeah, it, it was just okay. really fun. Well, she has like, oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, interesting. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she, she said she's like a private investigator, basically, and mm. she, uh, her, who's that? Her, uh, her companion, uh, Ma, uh, what's her name? The other precious, one? precious. Uh, precious Ramotswe is like her name, and okay. then. She has like uh she has initially she's like she has like a secretary role. Her name is Mama Kutsi, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And like both of them would have like clients coming to their office and they would discuss. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, so what ha, ha, what do you think went? And the, and and um there uh was a, and then they would have like certain observations of like you know I think uh, he's lying because like you know uh, they they would be like analyzing like. Well, not psychoanalyzing, but there was like always like these elements of like what the society expects these people to do, and then there's like an inconsistency to it, and then uh, why does that happen? So there's like uh, it's really interesting because it's it's supposed to be a children's book, but then it also gives you a glimpse of like the the people that they live uh, with, you know, like uh, the culture that was there and stuff. So it was it was really interesting. It's a really quick read book. Um, and I, I forgot, I think there's like a lot. I don't know how many how many books they have mm-hmm. in the series. I think I get into at least like, I read like five of them or so. Uh, 
It was interesting. It looks, looks nice. The covers are nice. Yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. Don't judge yeah. a book by its cover, but I'm straight up They, judging well, it by its cover right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's you. We judge a book by its cover. Lynn and yeah, I, we judge I'm a book. No, you said, that's don't what judge I said. a book by its cover. No, no, no. That's yeah, you. Yeah, but then you, you listen don't. to me. Oh. Yeah, I said like, look, don't judge a book by its cover, but I'm like straight up judging this book by its cover and saying that it's my <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's the thing. We've established from last episode. We don't believe in that. Don't judge a book by its okay. cover. Because we don't That's do nice. that. We judge a book by its cover. I would also like to make a contribution. There's this yeah. children's book, young adult kind of thing that I read. Yeah. It's called uh, Akata Witch. Okay. It's by a Nigerian author. And I liked it. It's it's basically like a fantasy kind of novel. But like you <sighs> mentioned about when you read the, the number one ladies agency novel. Mm-hmm. It's a children's book, but it's also incorporate a lot of like the cultural aspect of living in yeah. Nigeria, the cultural aspect of the Igbo mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. it's fascinating. It I didn't even know that they used to have this drink, which eventually inspired Coca-Cola. I genuinely thought Coca-Cola was only yeah. inspired by the coca leaves, but it's also, but it's actually was also inspired by I this see. cola kind of drinking that the Igbo people also drink on a daily basis. So it's very interesting for me reading this book. It's a children's book. It's very fantasy-like. It has all the fantasy elements of the children's book. But maybe because it's not written by white people, you have this other element of interesting parts to it, which is learning about other cultures, especially cultures from Africa that, that are very, very diverse. Even even one country in Africa it has like so many cultures in itself. And you can't even imagine how how difficult it is to understand all the cultures from that particular continent. And you know, having the ability to read this is interesting in itself. So yeah, mm-hmm. I recommend Akatawich. It's it's actually a series. It has a follow-up yes. to it. I think it's Akata Warrior or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. still interesting, but not as much as I liked Akata Witch. I see. Okay. Oh, great. More on the list so, now. Yeah, so this is actually pretty interesting. Did we lose Ram? Because he's not saying shit, bro. No. Hello. Oh, oh hello. hello. Name. Okay. 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 My question. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you weren't going to ask. Okay, go on. Okay, 36. Uh, what are some of your favorite quotes or scenes from a book? Oh, if you look, <gasps> oh. too many. Scenes? How, do you, how can I imagine a scene from a book? Or maybe, yeah, according to my own interpretation. So, yeah, anybody? Can I, can I go no. first? Yeah, please go first because I actually need to get my ebook to, to read. All right. I've said this before on our previous episode, but I'm going to mm-hmm. say it again because I really, really love this quote. Mm-hmm. But I forgot the, this specific one, but it goes along the line of, um, I don't care if everybody else forgets me as long as you remember me or something like that. Let, 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 uh-huh. Yes, from Kafka on the Shore. Wait a minute. Um, I don't care if you... And as for the favorite scene, this is this is very bittersweet. I 
Oh, but this is going to be a spoil. Oh, okay. So this was the quote. If you remember me, then I don't care if everyone else forgets. I don't know what's with the quote that I really, really like. Because it's not that profound. It's not like, woo, fancy. No, but it's sweet. It's sweet, but it's also sad. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not mistaken, this was said by Kafka before he... he is, I don't know why. Okay, for lack of better words, when he exit the forest. The forest in which he lived in that... Kind of went, forgot the storyline. Uh. Yeah, by the way, that, that was it. So I think it was very profound to me because of the specific scene in the book. But even without that scene, now that I've... That, that was years and years ago since I last read the book. I still love it. It's just beautiful. If you remember me, then I don't care if everyone else forgets. It's just, it's, it's oh, a beautiful parting yeah, words. Yeah, and maybe it feels very profound to me as I get older because of my lifestyle that I have to move around a lot because of the job. It's really, really beautiful. It's, mm. it's very profound. As for my favorite scene, I will try not to spoil this for Ram, but this was in the final book of Narnia. I think Lynn would know this. Yeah. This was the scene when everybody was on this particular mode of transportation before the shit hits the fan. The 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 train thing that's tragic but it's my favorite scene because although part of it was tragic the other part was like a promise of something great for them mm. so yeah so, okay it, it's really vague because i'm trying not to spoil it because the like i i doesn't first, matter you know, i first look okay, this is just a bit of an, an idea for you. I first read Narnia way back when, when I was still probably in junior high school, right? Mm -hmm. But I read the Bahasa Indonesia version. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I did my master's in South Korea that I reread the book in, in English. Mm -hmm. And when I read the final book, I was so fucking ruined. But also at the same time, it was one of my favorite scenes in the book. Because like I said, it was sad. It was heartbreaking. But also at the same time, it's a promise of something great for them afterwards. So yeah, that's my answer. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I remember something. Uh, it, it's a quote. From Narnia, a silver share. Mm -hmm. um, wow, you guys are so in line with this. So, Bitch, because, because Narnia this, was so good. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, there's this, okay, so there's this guy called Puddle Glum, right? Like mm -hmm. he, I think like he is characters. your favorite character, isn't he? I, yeah, I love him. <laughs> I really like him. I, like, I really like his character because he's basically like me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the thing is, like, with Puddle Glum, it's, like, he, he's always gloomy and he always, like, tries to anticipate for the worst. Um, 
But then there's this one thing that he said, basically, I forgot what, uh, how, what, what, pers- what is it specifically, but anyways, he said something about, like, <clears throat> I'm a chap who always likes to know the worst and then put the best face I can on it. So I won't deny any of what you said. But there's one more thing to be said, even so. Suppose we have only dreamed or made up all those things, trees and grass and sun and moon and stars and Aslan himself. Suppose we have. Then all I can say is that in that case, the made-up things seem a good deal more important than the real ones. Suppose this black pit of a kingdom of yours is the only world. Well, it strikes me as a pretty poor one. And that's a funny thing when you come to think of it. We're just babies making up a game, if you're right. But four babies play a game can make a play world which licks your real world hollow. That's why I'm going to stand by the play world. I'm on Aslan's side, even if there isn't any Aslan to lead it. I'm going to live as like an Arnian and as oh, like Ed. I remember that scene. Mind. Yeah, that, that particular quote really uh, struck me. Because the yeah. thing is like, he, he, he's also like a character who never really, you know, never really seemed to have like this, this, uh, to have his foot stand on the ground. Yeah. So when he kind of like stood up for himself and then speak up his mind, it makes it even more impactful. So yep. yeah, I, mean, I really, I really like uh, this particular quote that he said, I think. And there's definitely like a lot more quotes, I think that I found very empowering and encouraging in almost all of the books that I read. But I just cannot really pinpoint one. But this one, because we were talking about Narnia, it gets yeah. me a bit nostalgic. And then I remember, oh yeah, there's also that one scene. No, but seriously, I I have a hunch. Okay, are we done with the answer? Because because this is like yeah. off okay. topic. Okay, yeah. I right. have a hunch that even if Ram ended up reading mm-hmm. the whole entire Narnia series, I have mm-hmm. a hunch that he's not gonna. He's not going to relate to Narnia the way Lynn and I relate to Narnia. (laughs) For a couple of reasons. Namely, Linda, listen to me. (laughs) Namely, one, Ram's not not that keen on children's book. He's Mm. he's more into the classic, contemporary literature, fancy-ass shit. (laughs) Second, he's not as imaginative as we are, Lynn. Mm. Yes, I mean, like, I, I mean, got like, immersed in Hunger Games. So yeah, Hunger Games something. aren't children's book. That's a young adult book. Yeah, but for me, they're all fiction, though. And like, no, I don't really no, 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 no. Linda, Linda, Linda. Now you're just digging what? your own grave. What? Fictions aren't just fictions. That's why there are genres. You can't just assume all fictions are the same. No. That's why well, there are case, genres. Uh-huh. Any because, case, the uh-huh. covers are interesting, so that's why it's a good start. The, what, the what covers cover? of the books, the Which covers books? of the books that I'm Narnia, the one oh, that okay. I'm seeing right now in Amazon, it's quite nice to say. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm actually enthusiastic about it, and hopefully, I'm not too slow at reading it. So, I think, yeah, it's good to, to um, try to get into new things. You should. You should, you know, give your brain a break from reading all those fancy-ass books that you've never finished anyway. I mean, how long has it been since you started Dude, reading? The, the amount of that, things I read in a what, week, you know. <laughs> what's, that, what's, what's that book? Wild Wild Something? I don't know, man. I, 
I mean, like how Please how don't. many pa- how many pages was that book? I mean, I I can take a whole month reading the Romanovs, and that would be okay because that book has like seven hundred something pages, you know. Yeah, but the thing is, I I don't know if I told this story before uh, regarding my reading capabilities or mm-hmm. fiction or book reading capabilities. It's because throughout the week my brain is stretched out so far reading mm-hmm. things to make materials. You know, I'm like yeah. a I'm like a daily researcher of things. Like I gotta make stuff every day and I gotta research things every day and then type it up. Right. So I gotta do the re- the reading, the research, the compiling and then the the typing. So that's why sometimes throughout the week my brain is just so tired that mm-hmm. reading a set of words is just too exhausting for me. So I just want to uh, my eyes to rest, my mm. brain to rest. And mm. then after I regain my energy, I might have some kind of energy to read a book, like something not related with work. But then again, like come Monday, it's like all, you know, fight or flight. You know, I got to really step up the game and just be prepared for whatever absurd thing that I have to compile and things. So, that's why I'm really slow. And it's actually kind of sad, really, because, like, back in the day, like, when work wasn't so so heavy, I would be able to just digest books on the go. But now I'm like, dude, I'm, like, actually getting sleepy after reading books. So, yeah, I got to get my grip together and try to balance uh, this the way I digest books. That's, That's because you're focusing. just too dedicated with your job. But... Mm. This Call of the Wild <laughs> book thing is just nice, though. Like, what's it about it's... anyway? Tell us. Yeah, I think I don't know if have you guys read or not read. Watch the movie about that uh, Balto, wasn't it? Disney cartoon about a dog, a uh, Iceland dog that uh, was oh. that oh, was the leader of the pack in an Iceland. Uh, pack of dogs. I think it's just it's based on this one. It's basically a story about a dog uh, who used to live in a fancy ranch with uh, wealthy people, but then he got sold uh, in the black market by one of the um, staffers who worked at the fancy household. So he was sold to a set of postal couriers in Canada. Back in the gold rush era of the 1900s, I think, and then mm-hmm. he was utilized as a, as one of the dogs who were assigned to pull the ice sleds that was delivering mails, couriers, and packages, and so on. And basically, it just tells the story of how this once very established dog was now just full of scars and everything, and had to find his way to survive with these pack mm-hmm. of wolves, with these, they, he got beaten up by his handlers who was part of the Canadian Why is it government. so sad? Yeah, but the story is cool though. He becomes like this tough dog, like he becomes the leader of the pack gradually. And mm-hmm. it just basically is like, a, I think I imagine that it's like a story of how to persevere through life. And it's mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just wow. 61 pages, but I, I'm not finishing 61? as quick as I want to. 61 pages? And how long have you been reading that book? 
Look, bro, I'm in page 31 right now, so I'm making progress. Right? <laughs> God damn it, this kid. <laughs> But you know, Ram, I, I, I totally get it. I also have that uh, particular, um, what's that, face, basically, you know, when I was just really overwhelmed that I cannot even enjoy the things that yeah. I used to enjoy, including reading. So totally mm. get you. Yeah. But, but, but Lynn, Lynn. Yeah. The level, <laughs> the level of of you liking the activity of reading a book, and suddenly you're over you you are overwhelmed by work, and now you cannot enjoy the book. It's different. Ram does not have the level of love of reading book as much as we do. <laughs> This guy has not realized the joy of reading books before he met me. Oh really? I mean, like, of course he read. No, of course he read books, obviously. But like, he didn't find the the joyfulness of 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 sitting down, picking up a book, and get getting lost inside the book. Not before he met me. I see. I think I didn't have that kind of privilege back home. That's why his favorite book is his textbook, Windows of the World. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my. I was more of like a of I don't know like the thing is I think it's because of my parents because of mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I blame them but I told Oh you, you are blaming them. We know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> no it's like you know how in a household you always want to be the opposite of your household like you want to stand out. Right? I see. Mm-hmm. So that's why because my parents you know that I told you before we had a we have a library at home right? Oh, no. fancy. of course. Why not? Yeah. Let's bring we it up again. Legi- <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a legit library and it's full of books. Dude. Law books, anything. I remember back in the day, wow. mom and dad would just go from one garage sale to another to buy used uh-huh. books. Like boxes oh, wow. of used books, right? And I didn't mm-hmm. get it at that time. Like, why are they so obsessed about buying books? And I remember we would ship books back home and stuff like that. And and that's why I have I had this liking for used books. Like I under I appreciate them and understand their value. But books in general, this is like too overwhelming for me. It's like why why am I is my life always surrounded by books? So I think naturally I just kind of drifted away from books and started with music and then comic books and drawing and stuff. So more into the mm-hmm. visual side of things rather Mm -hmm. than text so Mm -hmm. that's where it started off but then Mm -hmm. i started meeting dilch i went to college and stuff and um became familiarized with books like before i met dilch i was more into like indonesian books like Mm. you know like bram and then some Mm. you know ayulostari and those kind of absurd books and whatever and then dilch came and she gave me the art of racing in the rain So anyway, that when she started introducing me to the art of racing in the rain, that kind of really opened up new adventures for me. Oh, there's actually yeah. books that I can buy. Like I can't afford English books back in Semarang. It was like too damn expensive. And besides, Semarang doesn't have any like English <laughs> bookstores. So that's why that's another thing. So that's why. So it was only after I went to Jakarta and had access and funding to buy books that I actually became more exposed to books. 
That's it. That's the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and don't forget to check the books that we've talked about in the episode. It's all in the show's notes. And stay home and read. Bye bye.